Oh, I'm there for it with my popcorn. Let's do it. Eugene's not going to have that. Eugene is not playing that game. I'm going to start smoking meth. That's what I'm going to do. Movie Freaks. The hate is on its way. I mean, that train is always on time on Movie Freaks. Lots of pelvic thrusting. Movie Freaks. Because I come from rural Ohio, and I'm a witch. Sure, you're Charlie Brown, I'm Lucy with the football. Come on! Movie Freaks. Do you have any little earbud things? I do, but I hate those because they shut off sound. I don't know. They just yeah. I they make I have, me hear my voice in my head like it's they're yeah. too good. I, I tell you, I've gotten to the point where it's like I don't want to use anything else. I love my earbuds. Like my basically, they're my iPhone earbuds, and I, I just anything else feels too bulky to me. But I've, that's because I've been using these for so long, and they just they work good. Well, I like the over-the-ear ones, but I prefer those anyway. Yeah. But, gosh, dang, these sound like shit. Just dog shit. They're just, they're super, it's like you're doing your Bane, your Bane impression from last episode. <laughs> oh. oh. I mean, for $10, though, like, yeah, that's cheap, but still, you'd think for $10, they should be okay. Other ones I've got for 10 bucks have been fine. I just hope that you're not bleeding through. Try talking real loud. Hello! Nah, I don't think so. Okay. As long as that's not an issue. Yeah. At least nothing I can't take care of. I mean, there's a bit, but it's so small that I'll get rid of it in two seconds. Every single time I podcast, or I'm in my office around 4 o'clock, at like 4 o'clock, here she goes, there goes my... The neighbor housewife lady, she's really cool, but her and her daughter, and she, her daughter is really young, and she goes on her little two-wheel scooter thing, and then um, mom is on the little boy's two-wheel scooter, and I'm like, you're going to break that thing, I'm just, I'm going to, it's going to be a wipeout, I'm just waiting for it to happen, it's going to be one of these <laughs> wipeouts, um, and this is one of, this is a part of the the grand, the huge, awkward all the parents converge at the stop sign, and everybody, you know, awkwardly looks away from each other. It's that. Mm-hmm. So she's the but first on one out there. Yes, all with their little two-wheeler kid scooters. Perfect. But perfect. Oh, another day safely out to the stop sign. Good for you. <laughs> so shit, Mike, and rotten eyeballs, huh? No, no, no. My mic is great. I mean, oh, uh, uh, we're off to a rousing start. You're uh, headphones. That's what they're called. Oh, gross. Ugh. Oh, look at this one. Oh, I'm just afraid you're going to spit tainted blood on my face, and then 45 seconds later, I'm going to turn into one of the infected and <laughs> ravage the new community up here. <laughs> Women on scooters fleeing for their lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I look like one of the undead, but at least I can see. Mother so bitches. now that you've yeah, now that you've had it for a little while, uh, are we full on like? 2020 vision or are even, I'm guessing they probably overcorrected because they overcorrected my eyes so that like it's 20, I don't know what the terms are, 2040. No, it'd be the other way. The lesser, the better. Oh, whatever uh, it is. I'm, yeah, I'm. I went up for my follow-up exam on Monday, which was three days after. they like you to come back a day later, a week later, and a month later. Yep. I remember that. I had to do that too. So I went for my first one back. It was actually a couple days later. 
uh, like I said on Monday, and they checked both eyes. Each eye, each eye individually was 2020, and then together they were 2015. And I should be getting better from that over the next couple weeks as my eyes continue to heal. So I'm I'm already I would say back to where I was with contacts. At, at yep. so and I'm supposed to get better than that. And he said they're healing so well that I don't need to come back for the any more follow up visits. Oh, nice. I had to go back to all of them, which was fine, you know, make sure my eyes are okay. But, yep, good to go. Yep, same here. In the meantime, my world just revolves around drops. Drops, mm. drops, drops, eye drops. I don't know about you, but... Oh. I, I did. I mean, I, I, it's seriously out of sight, out of mind. Like, I put eye drops in every day, but it's... I don't really... It's almost like a habit, like, in the morning I do, and then before bed I do, and that's the end. Like, done. Oh, oh, I've, I've got... I've got two sets that I have to do four times a day, and oh I've yeah, got... yeah. When, when it happened, I had to, but now okay. years later, it's no. I, I I wouldn't even have to, but I just it's almost like putting chapstick on. I just, I feel like oh, I have to put drops in my eyes, and I don't. Mm. But and then the yeah, the other thing is every hour. I've got a different one for every hour. Not at night is... though. No. Okay. But if I wake up at night, I can use those as much as I want. But if I wake up at night, I'll put them in. Yeah, and that Which was I last do. Friday, right? You had this surgery done last Friday. Correct. Okay. And today, well, it's Tuesday. I'm good. Nice. Oh, see pretty good. Other than, yeah, being, they, they just look, I, I got to wear sunglasses everywhere I go, you know? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I went shopping at Walmart today. I'm sunglassing it up. And, you know, people kind of look at you a little bit, but I'm like, if I take these sunglasses off, you might get me thrown out of this place. Like, my eyes yeah. are so uh, bruised is what they look like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I did mine in, it wasn't the winter, so I remember it was more sunny out, and so I, I had to do the same thing. Like, whenever I would set foot outside, it would be, you know, put the sunglasses on and all that jazz. So worth it. So worth it. Well, it, they don't tell you every side effect is something that I learned. So those of you that are thinking about it, let me tell you tell you a couple more. Uh, they They tell you after the procedure... You're going to want to go home and take a nap right away mm-hmm. because it'll take a while for your eyes to get back to normal. What they should have said is you want to go home and lay down right away in your own comfortable home where you can make it really dark and just try and rest because for about four hours after the meds wear off, you're miserable. Like my eyes were itchy, burny, and I was claustrophobic. My sinuses were full. I don't know if that had something to do with the suctioning of the eyeballs. I mean, I was sick all the way home. And, and, and I, I had, it took us two hours to get home. It was a snowy day. We mm-hmm. had to stop and get a prescription filled because I had to have drops very soon. And they were out of them because of the snow. And it was just like, oh, I mean, and of course it was bright and sunny all the way home. And I'm just, I was in the car just dying. Yeah. Like, get me home. And once I got home and got some drops in my eyes, I started feeling better. But I still, it was, it was four hours of, I felt pretty awful. But then after that, I felt pretty good. Yeah, and that. and and the bloodshot eyes thing—they don't tell you about that either. Oh, they didn't. I, no, I, I and that's why—that's why they have you wear glasses. Uh, and the whole whole procedure took like five minutes. Yeah. And then they immediately put you in glasses and hustle you out the door, uh, past the other patients, because you know the other patients see you come out all zombified. Yeah. Eh. Yep. That's, I I remember. You know, I was excited to be able to see again, and yeah, my. Yeah, my brother-in-law, one of the first things he said, no, you're, aren't you afraid you're going to go blind now? Like, what happens in eight years? Like, what if you go blind? Like, yep, that's about right. We're close. <laughs> anyway. 
Well, when I when I did go up for the procedure and I sat down, they have to make you initial here, initial here, sign here, blah, 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 blah. And it literally was three or four pages of, here's all the ways that this can go wrong and ruin your eyesight forever. And it was like initial at each one. And I told him, I was like, you're really trying to talk me out of this. <laughs> and she said, well, they've done over 43,000 procedures and only in less than 1% of those has anything like this ever come up. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll take those odds. Yeah. The only thing I've ever heard was uh, th- that went wrong. Well, kind of sort of wrong with someone that would, it constantly felt like they, their eyes were itchy. So like they constantly like through the years had to be putting drops in that would suck. But yeah. this was uh, a high school friend of mine and she got the procedure done like way early into the gestation of this type of procedure. So like, I, that- I, I, I can't do it. Oh, there go the there there go the headphones, and into the oh, <laughs> the earbuds. Uh, uh, join me. Those things suck. I mean, there's just a gaggle of kids. Just oh, it's invasion of the living kids. Something. Oh, it's just <laughs> weird. It's like this this the bus doors open. This poof out pops a whole bunch of little insects, also known as kids. Yeah. <laughs> There they go on their little two, two-wheeled scooters. Anyway, meh. Oh, it's distracting. It's either that or looking at the outhouse beside my house. I, there's nothing good. There's nothing fun <laughs> to look at. That thing is still here. there. Oh yeah, it's a part of it's a part of me now. Like it's just, it's like ah, oh, it's decoration for my life. Is this this shitter right outside my window? <laughs> oh, I've got an overwhelming urge to just stop by and drop a deuce. Oh, you totally could. I mean, it's kind of the community shitter. It's. Oh, I've seen all sorts of various sized men going in there on any time of the day. <sighs> men plural? Well, yeah, it's not one of those types of outhouses. <laughs> oh, pause. <laughs> um, now, and this morning we opened the garage door, like to run the kids out to the to the bus stop uh, out here, and just a random car parked, like not in our driveway, but right beside it. And I'm like, and there's nothing going on. Like it's a ghost town here. I'm like, just, I don't, I just, I don't like that. Again, it's just the cranky old man in me. But it's like, don't park your shit box beside my house. And then there's no like, you could be a weird. You're probably a weirdo, and you're just parked here, and there's no one in the car, and it might be broke down. But I don't care. Don't park by my house. Grumpy That's old some, me. Some drunk guy on his way home from the bar, and he had to take a yeah. shit or throw up or something. I'm serious. It. And the, the, actually, the car wasn't that bad, so I'm like, it just this just feels shady. Like, let's just park here because I'm really, really hammered, and I'm just gonna sleep it off because it's kind of back in. It's yeah. I'll I'll leave the car in the cul-de-sac, and the drugs are in the panels. You pay, here's the keys. Yeah. <sighs> Why didn't you pick it up in the morning? Well, I couldn't find it. It's not on any GPS. <laughs> yeah, because we're not on G- any GPS. See, it all, the story comes full circle. That's why the car was there. Nothing on the GPS. Oh, we're, we're, we're already past 10 minutes, so what do you, oh, how's it I'm Eric. I'm Eugene. I didn't even have a chance to talk about Metallica. And I, wanted to, I was going to say, go ahead. Okay. Lead us off. Uh, just real quick, Metallica was at the uh, Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland on uh, Friday this, the 1st. And uh, while you were recouping from your... Eye surgery. I was enjoying the soft hymns of Metallica. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, they're starting to show their age a little bit, um, but you know, all of my favorite bands are at this point, so it's fine. It was still really good. Packed to the 
I mean, packed. My only, my biggest gripe was that they didn't have an opening band. They had uh, Jim Brewer, you know, Jim Brewer, Goat Boy yeah. from Saturday oh, Night yeah. Live. So basically, I, I'm assuming that this is because their stage is so elaborate that we're not going to have any opening bands. We're just going to have this comedian come out and razz the crowd and blah blah blah. Whatever. And, and kind of a kind of a DJ because he was playing different songs, um, which. They do that at every, I mean, every single concert, rock concert you go to before the bands come out, there's music playing. So now let's just put some washed up comedian. Hey, he's not washed up. He's on uh, tour all the time. Uh, he was funny. I didn't say he was good, I, yeah. but there, he has a dedicated audience. Yeah, he does. He does. And there was a couple moments of, of true comedy gold, but it just, ah, I just felt like filler, like, and, and like, he kept on saying, I'm going to go backstage and check with Talica and see how soon they're coming out. And whatever. And then he would. And then we'd wait and we'd listen to more music and listen to more music. And we're standing there on the floor. And uh, then, he, you know, after a while, he'd come back up. They're all, I, I talked with the guys. They're almost ready. I'm like, you didn't talk to shit. You're just, <laughs> this is your shtick. And, it, I mean, the concert, like, I think it was supposed to start at 7.30. And then it was 8.00. And then it was 8.30. This is on the floor with my wife. That's not acceptable. And then I, now it's pushing 9 o'clock. And now I'm now I'm getting pissed off. Especially when Goat Boy himself would be coming out and doing sort of mediocre funny bits. And I'm like, people are going to... I mean, I guess people were getting more and more drunk, which that probably helped. But see, here's my theory on stuff like that is... This is a big concert, and I would assume that the longer people have to wait, the more booze they're going to buy and yep. snacks. And therefore, let's get people to wait and drink their beer so that they can go out and buy more eight to ten dollar beers. Well, um, they, I mean, they, and a lot of times that is the, on the band or the performing person, whatever that really mucks that up. But in situations like that, I swear, especially big venues. With big bands like that, I swear they, oh, we'll say it starts at 7.30, but huh, don't worry, guys. You don't have to go on till 9. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. We'll make sure that uh, we get our our pockets filled with all the booze money. And, and, and I mean, I actually, I got a uh, a whiskey on the rocks, a double, and my wife got a screwdriver. Total eighteen fifty for that. For that. I, I would have guessed 20 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, motherfuckers. So anyway, then Metallica comes out and they do a great job. And yeah, it was fun. I mean, we left before the encore. Like when they were ready for their encore, we left because I'm like, you know what? I've heard Sandman plenty of times, and I want to beat the rush because we parked in the parking garage. And I'm like, if we wait, we are officially screwed. If we wait, we're we're done, and we are old, and we're stuck in that parking garage for God knows how long. We're out of here. And she, of course, was like, let's go, bye. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it's a fireworks crowd. And as long as I've known you, we've always left early. We left, we left the, I think it was the second Ozfest ever. When it, well, probably. It? Yeah, we've been the most, like the first few Ozfests we were, we were at. I was only at one of them. Okay. The one in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. They, I was, yep. during, yeah. During Ozzy, they, they, everybody started gathering all the junk and debris and made bonfires. Oh, that was great. I remember that. It was great. But at a certain point they got too big. Yeah, like oh, they, they were big. I remember taking all that. the toilet paper rolls out of the shitters, and we were like, you know what? We're good. We're like, we got to drive home from Pennsylvania. Why don't we hit the bricks? And yep. we did. Yes, I remember that. Was that uh, typo negative? Were they at that show? 
I'm not sure about typo negative, but it was Rob Zombie. On the main stage was Rob Zombie and Slayer and Deftones and... Uh, A whole on, bunch of good bands. I Yeah, that was the best. We never went back after that, or I never did because the yeah. lineup was never as good. Yeah, I went on to s- one or two more, but... The uh, second stage was uh, Fear Factory and I think Slipknot before Slip, anybody knew the who one, they were. Yep, that was Slipknot. They were on the it, second stage. And, uh... Oh, there was somebody else in the second stage I really liked. That was the best... Uh, Ozfest. The lineup was that lineup was fantastic. Not Avenged Sevenfold, but another band that has seven something in their name. Hatebreed, or I don't know. They're all no. some of those bands kind of just run together to me. It was kind of a rap rock group. Oh, I can't remember what their name is. They had a couple albums that I. They went every other like they would have a, a fantastic album, and the next album would be meh. Nonpoint. No, no. I did go see Nonpoint at the House of Blues in Cleveland, though. That's cool. Ooh. That, that was a good fun? one. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think it was Nonpoint and maybe Deftones. Oh, I, man. I just, every, every time Deftones came around, I've seen them like six, seven times at least. Yeah. Yeah, we saw them at the Warped, the Vans Warped tour that one year. Mm-hmm. They, they were the stole only, the show. Just about the only good band. Yeah, there. they were. I remember, I think Reverend Horton Heat was there. I think Bad Religion was there too, and those were the only three bands that I remember at all. Yeah. There was another punk band that was pretty big too. Oh, I kind of want to say no effects, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know the about the marker of the wall? No, what marker of the wall? It's still there. In your bedroom? Yeah, Corbin didn't. Well, like... we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. Thanks for telling me. Okay. Why don't you go play? Okay. Oof. Still on there. I know. Thanks, buddy. Close the door, please, all the way. And he did not. Hmm. <laughs> oh, this is how Movie Freaks goes every week. <laughs> yes, Corbin drew all over the wall with marker the other day. Oh, night. wonderful, so, wonderful. Yep, uh-huh, mm-hmm, good. <sighs> okay, all should right. we talk movies now? I guess. I mean, <laughs> we could just turn this into... Bitch sesh the episode. Yeah, bitch sesh music freaks. Music freaks. We we covered that. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the roulette. Here we go. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And this episode of the roulette, it is Polar up against the Maws. And I'm up first. Delightful. And where is my... Faithful IMDb, the world's top assassin, Duncan Vizsla, is settling into retirement when his former employer marks him as a liability to the firm. Against his will, he finds himself back in the game, going head-to-head with an army of young killers. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Uh, Last episode, I said all my friends were shitting on this movie, and... I watched it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You know, I'm not going to shit on it near as hard as those guys were, but they I'm not going to say they were wrong either. You might want to leave this one in the queue. I think you might be amused by it at least, but it had the feel of what was that comic book movie that came out a few years ago with oh, it was the The Losers. Do you remember that movie? Yes. And in, as much as it was forgettable, it's like everything here I should love everything here, but there's a lot here that is not to love. 
as far as, oh, you're doing, oh, that scene was cool, but then you do this other scene where you're just like, oh, all right, I guess we're just peddling. And then that scene was really cool. And then it's like, well, that plot point is pretty predictable. I can see where we're going with that. As far as assassiny things go, or, you know, the the bad guy in it, his boss is this fat, weird-looking dude, but yet hot chicks flock to him, and it's like, why? And he's... Oh, he's just gross, and I think he's in a fat suit, actually. I, it, it was just very weird. It was, huh? It doesn't quite... Almost, um... The, the villainy stuff, some of it almost bordered on Crank 2, kind of. Which, Crank, <sighs> Crank and Crank 2 worked okay, but... Or, uh, that worked good, I think, but... Yeah, but not when it's not got that tone through the whole movie. Oh, it's just so sprinkled in a little bit. It's like, what are we doing? Okay. But Mads Mikkelsen was really cool. Uh, who's this? Is that Vanessa Hudgens? Yes. She was fine, but I saw where that was going real quick. All right. And then he's got this real cool scene, action scene, you know, mid with uh, uh, three-fourths of the way through where he just takes out an army of dudes, just literally with his, it's hard to, I don't want to give it away, but it was so cool. Just these, all these hidden guns bordered on like aliens and the automatic weapons kind of scene. Like it was that cool. Yeah. And even that, I thought, you know, that's kind of worth the price of admission. And there, you know, there's a good sniper scene and then there's some good knifing scenes and all your general assassiny kind of things. As a movie overall, it's a one and done, but mm. you could do far worse, I think. And it should have been shorter. It's two, it's two hours. Uh, mm. But, you know, for you, I would say leave it in the queue. I don't think you'd be... I, I think I'm selling it properly for you to not hate your life while you're watching it. That's mm. about as that's about as much praise as I can give it. So it was fine. Eh, eh. Was it a big step down from last week's movie for you? You really liked Close. Oh, yeah. See, that was, like, really good, really, really good filmmaking, good story, no fat. It was lean, it, 90 minutes, and it, yeah. it's, uh, we're always bitching about runtime, but we need to be very clear. Runtime's not an issue when your shit is all good. Yeah. When, when you got shit in there that doesn't need to be there, runtime becomes an issue. Yeah. Alien, uh, Aliens director's cut. That's two and a half hours or more, and there is no fat on the director's cut of that. That's a good yeah. example, I think, of a long, great movie. Fantastic example, because there are several scenes in that movie of just dialogue and people chit-chatting about stuff, and it totally is building characters and character arcs, and mm -hmm. uh, it, I don't know, it gives you a rapport with the characters, like they seem like real people. Yeah. As in this one, no, it, I guess it's based on a comic book I'm not familiar with, but very comic booky with new character comes in, so it's like, slash, slash, cut, 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 their name and print, and... Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yep. relax, alright? Just relax, but... Anyway, I... Yeah, whatever. You could do far worse, that's for sure. Even the two-hour runtime didn't really bother me. I mean, I I watched it, and I was watching it in my office, and then after my wife went to bed and I was in the living room, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep watching this. That was okay. For a roulette. Yeah. <laughs> eh, but I don't want to ruin what microcosm of credibility I might have as reviewing films. I mean, it's it's not going to be something you're like, oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. let's fire up Polar. Okay, why don't you tell me about the malls? 
Okay, the Moz. <laughs> You've already told me so much. <laughs> um, the Moz from 2017. Drama, fantasy, horror. Let's just pretty much take out horror and maybe even fantasy and just kind of stick with drama. Maybe. Uh, two people, a young couple in Bosnia are walking through the woods because their truck is stuck. And then two... Bosnian uh, terroristy-looking dudes show up uh, to maybe help them as they're trying to make their way through the woods that are covered with mines, and then things happen. A bomb goes off. They help the couple. Then they try to kill them, and then it's a. Dr- I'm gonna spoil the movie because it's, it was awful. And then they, oh no, this was a hallucination, or oh no, this is fantasy, because it's never explained, actually. It's never explained. It's just things happen. It's, it's a meta, it's a metaphor. We're all, it's a whole metaphor, is what the movie is about the Bosnian War. And I, I get, like, this movie's not for me. It, it is made for not my culture. It is, it, I, I think that I am pretty good at, looking into other cultures and appreciating movies like that. But this here is heavy subject matter that doesn't make any sense to me. It's There's a twist, quote-unquote twist, in the end where he, the guy, he's from Germany, he's a German guy, and he, I guess he escapes, maybe? The girl, it's like I think her, the girl's family was killed and murdered, or like killed and murdered, oh, dumbass. Get killed, um... And she's maybe sort of relit. I, I don't understand this movie. I, I do not understand the movie, but he is now with a new woman, a uh, new, new lady, and they're in a park and they're meeting their friends. And then he walks away and then a bomb goes off and kills them all. And then he kind of sees his old girlfriend because it's a metaphor for things that you've lost in wars and shitty times, I think, maybe. And it, it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense. It just, things just happen. Very pretty in high definition. Eh, half star. I'm I I feel like I should apologize, but on the other hand, I don't because I was equally duped because I watched the trailer and it looked yeah. oh, it like looks, a horror it, movie and it looked scary. Yeah. It didn't look like that fakey crap high def. No, no, no. This it, this is very well shot. In fact, that's the only thing that I can find praise with is I maybe I mean the performances were good, I suppose, but I every character was so unlikable that. Like okay, the acting is fine, but the the characters are all unlikable. I don't like anybody, and there there is a couple of quote unquote ghosty moments in the movie, but it's not real. I don't think, and that's what's in the trailer. Like that's that nothing is even real. It's just I don't I don't understand the movie. It's my brain can't comprehend the the finite wisdom of the Maws. I guess. And <laughs> okay, done. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next round. I can bring up my thing here. There we go. Coming your way. I'm throwing you close. If Hey, if you need something nice and good that I will wash the taste of that out of your mouth. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Attackers target the heiress she's protecting. Battle-hardened bodyguard Sam scrambles to save her client and teach her how to fight back. Uh, next up is Malicious. After receiving a strange present, a professor and his pregnant wife, this is all you, are plagued by tragedy and a paranormal presence that's determined to kill. Josh Stewart, Delroy Lindo, that just screams roulette. 
All Light Will End. A horror novelist with a traumatic past returns to her childhood hometown where she revisits her night terrors and loses sight of reality. I think because I gave you such a good safe pick and close that those other two are... That is all you, buddy. Oh, and I think I'm like, oh, right. Right, Pretty good sounding. Sure. You're Charlie Brown. I'm Lucy with the football. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I think of you more like you're Linus and I'm Linus's blankie. Aww. (laughs) You're my cum rag. (laughs) And on that note, uh, your picks. Oh, Revenger. A former police investigator decides to go whip ass uh, in the jungle. It's great. Next up is uh, that's your your safe pick uh, because this next one supposedly got kind of some sort of a buzz online. Oh, pin the title. Uh, but to me, it I don't know. Velvet Buzzsaw from 2019. Dan Gilroy directed. Jake Gyllenhaal, Gene Russo starred uh, in it. What did what did Dan Gilroy do? I think he did something is he Nightcrawler. Oh, he made yeah, yeah. he directed Nightcrawler. That's a good movie. Um this is it seems like this movie's a bit divisive on oh it's awful. Why is where are people liking it? And then there's oh no, it's brilliant and blah 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 blah. And I'm like at the end of the day, it's very roulette and it's almost two hours. So keep that in mind. And then last but not least is Await Further Instructions from 2018. Uh Family's Christmas takes a strange turn when they awake to find themselves trapped inside and begin receiving mysterious instructions through the television. That sounds really interesting, I think. Uh, Sam Gittins stars in that. Have you ever heard of him? No. Oh, neither did I. Um, okay, so there you go. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go for a nice, safe Revenger 90 minutes this week, I think. Okay. But keep the Velvet Buzz on further. Keep those two coming. Okay. Um, as you do, you filthy blanket, you. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> um, you know, here's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to pick Malicious. However, I promise that I will have watched Close by next week as well to review. Because I really want to watch Malicious. Uh, I, there's the main star of that movie. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Josh Stewart? Yeah, I, re- I like him. He's... In he's a, what? Um, ah, there he is. Uh, he was in... That airplane he, movie, right? No, oh, that's it. He's the he's the uh, the burglar in the collector movie movies. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. Yeah, I like him. He's I just, was thinking of he's got that? he's got that kind of cool voice. And he's always kind of talking like this. That kind of was like a stupid version of Matthew McConaughey. That's not how he sounds, but that's how I sound. <laughs> oh, that's not who I thought it was at all. Yeah, I like him. I think he's yeah, a I really good like actor. him. I just watched something with him in it. Oh, it, he he was uh, one of the bad guys in um, Punisher Season 2. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, he, he was a nasty mofo in that thing. He's also in, in Interstellar. He's Case. Is that the robot thing? Bar says he's Barsad. Barsad? Oh. oh, no, I'm looking at Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Dark oh. Knight Rises, he was Barsad. Okay. Case, yes, that would probably be the robot. Ah, cool. Anyway, uh, but he kind of sells me on it. And uh, Bojack, uh, she's pretty, so there you go. Bojack? Uh, 
Yeah, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, what are we talking about? Oh, I'm, I butchered her name, so I just I kind of went with it. With, oh, Bojana Novak. Oh, sh- uh, something. I haven't brought up. I got to bring up this movie here. What uh, malicious? I just brought up the guy. Bojack. Bojack. How'd you? Can get I, oh, because I'm dumb. Uh, Bojana Novakovich. Sure. Yes. And Delroy Lindo. He's in. Yeah. This. But uh, she was. Um, yeah, she was in things. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I'm gonna. So that malicious will be in my official roulette pick, and um, I will chime in on close as well. Okay, there see, you go. See, well, I, I'm, you're getting two for the price of one. That's yeah. how I'll, that's how much I appreciate our audiences. I'm going to review two roulettes. That's how desperately you need to watch a horror movie every week. Yeah, that's what it is. That's <laughs> literally what it is. <laughs> Okay, next week on the roulette, it'll be Revenger up against Malicious Close. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the middle segment here, which we were just going to kind of rabbit trail about a couple of things. Starting off with you, and, and then we're going to get another MCU update. Um, I almost feel like we should every week, just because if we don't, then you've got six movies to review. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, because I've got two that I can review. We stopped perfect. with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy last time, I believe. Yes. Okay, so I've got two to review today, then. Perfect. Uh, we were kind of chatting behind the scenes online, though, uh, about uh, Wonder Woman, and Stephen kind of brought it up. The WTF Chris Pine in Wonder Woman 2, or 84, as it's being called, I guess. And I went and checked his IMDb page, and he is listed as playing Steve Trevor, but I, I just don't see it. I just don't think they're going to make that big a mistake unless they have some kind of really amazing explanation as to why it's Mm -hmm. him. I assume he's there playing a different role or he's just there in a flashback kind of capacity, which doesn't really work because the set photos show him wearing 1984 clothes. So if you're having a flashback of somebody, they're not usually wearing the clothes of the time. Yeah. Unless you're, I don't know, tripping balls and you're like, gee, I wonder what dead Steve would think about this. Uh, (laughs) And he's like, well, look at my fanny pack. Yeah. Uh, You know, so I don't really know what's going on there, but I, I feel like with Wonder Woman, every there was so much intelligence behind the scenes, behind the camera, that if they do that, there will be a really good explanation for it because it really feels like that would be really dropping the ball to just have him. Well, he dived out at the last minute. I heard one fan theory say, "Well, he took a bath in magical water at Themyscira, so maybe he could dive out of the plane and live somehow." And I'm like, okay, but that was World War One, and now we're at 1984, so he would be how many, a hundred years old? Yeah. You know, like, it just doesn't float. Another possibility, obviously, is you you do have the Flash, so time travel's not impossible. If you could have him magically time travel back to the moment before that bullet hit yeah. and warp him to 1980, that would be really stupid because that character wouldn't have been around at the time. The most... Uh, possible theory, in my opinion, is that is Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is part of the Justice League. He's one of the core members. He is a shapeshifter. Ah. So he's oh. usually in human form. That that makes the most sense to me, I guess. Though it'd be weird to be like, oh, I came back as your dead boyfriend. Unless he just would be in that form, because he took the form of somebody who died or was yeah. unaccounted for from the war. 
and, you know, nobody's going to ask too many questions. Is there any baddies in the DC universe that are shapeshift- shapeshifters that maybe it's a bad guy that... Oh, we... that's a good, good point, good point. I mean, I'm sure there are. I figure I'm, it. I'm sure there are. I can't just name them off yeah. the top of my head. but Or maybe robots. Maybe robots. Lots uh, of robots. We'll get into that later. <laughs> um, uh-huh. We will. <laughs> Uh, no strings on me. <laughs> but regardless of if Chris Pine's in it or not, and that if they don't really explain that well, that is going to be kind of lame. I can't wait for the new Wonder Woman movie. What, what The first one was, although I, after we get done with the MCU, we are going to rewatch all of the DC as well. But I think between Man of Steel and Wonder Woman, those are my two favorites thus far, even though I haven't watched Aquaman yet. Uh, but man, Wonder Woman was fantastic. I agree. Uh, I figured while we're rabbit trailing about this, I could rabbit trail about a couple of other things in the DCEU that have been going on, news stories in the last couple of weeks. There was a story a week or so ago about, oh, uh, Ben Affleck, he's out as Batman. Mm -hmm. He passed the torch. He passed the baton. Then I went and read the tweet, and it just said, looking forward to seeing Matt Reeves' vision of the Batman film. Hmm. Okay, that's not really passing the baton or quitting. That I mean, in my opinion, yeah, you can interpret it that way, but that's not a clear one way or the other. Anything it could be interpreted also as I'm looking forward to being part of that vision. I don't think he is because the rumors are that uh, it's going to be set twenty years earlier for a younger Batman. That's like at year two or three. Okay, mm-hmm. that also doesn't mean that Ben Affleck is out as Batman. If you're doing, like, a prequel thing, uh, you could cast somebody else, and they could play Batman, and then when you fast-forward present time, Ben could come back. It's not mutually exclusive, you know? Yeah. Do you think that that there's a chance that eventually Ben Affleck might come back to be old-timer Batman? We haven't heard anything one way or the other. That's why it pisses me off when people are like, He's out! It's over! Pass the baton! Then I went and read the article that that comment was based on and it's some bloggy blog type Uh website and he said and they said well this was in quotes we hear from a source at warner brothers that he's out it's like (sighs) that's not it and i'm not saying that i think that ben affleck is coming back i i think he's probably out too all I'm saying is that we have not heard a definitive news story from an, a definitive statement from Warner Brothers or Ben Affleck. So shut up. You're just trying. It's just clickbait. Garbage. It is. It is. The latest one uh, this week was Robert Pattinson, maybe playing ba- the younger Batman in Matt Reeves movie. And at first I was like, eh, but then, you know, I kind of looked at some pictures and I'm like, ah, you know, he's a good actor. I don't, I hate yeah, Twilight is. movies, but he's a good actor. So that wouldn't be unheard of. And, Another story I read, also clickbaity garbage, but said that WB is looking for somebody that looks kind of like a younger Ben Affleck. Well, that would still, that, I mean, that implies that he could still come back as the older Batman. Yeah. In the, you know, present time. I, I just get so pissed off when people are like, yay, fuck DC. It's like, shut up. Just, <laughs> everybody knows some of their movies aren't good. You don't have to, celebrating yeah. it just makes you look like an asshole. Yeah. Well, trust me, some of the MCU movies aren't so hot either. <laughs> oh, no, they're all great and wonderful and perfect and yeah. kind of the same. 
<laughs> yep. Anyway, that's what I brought. For, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Batfleck. Or, I, I don't even really care if he stays or goes. It, it I just, don't, yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan's one Batman movies were so great that you just keep making. I mean, we got those. They're fantastic. Keep, keep churning out other ones. Whoever plays Batman, fine. I, just make sure he's not shitty. Ben Affleck was good. So stick with him if you want or not. I, meh, whatever. Yep. I've heard rumors of Army Hammer, too, and somebody ah. photoshopped him in the role. He looked great. Yeah? I don't really care. It's not that hard. I, I hate this idea that, oh, once a character's been played well, he, oh, you'll never touch that role. It's too iconic. No, oh, that's such garbage. Yeah. Like, nobody else can play Tony Stark except Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they can. Yes, oh, and nobody, they will. <laughs> nobody else will play the Joker except for Jack Nicholson. How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yep, I, I agree. I, my biggest thing right now with uh, with comic book movies and all of that is what direction they're going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy three and who's going to direct that. Uh, <laughs> what you posted on social media, the uh, <laughs> when someone said, uh, "Well, we should get so and so director," and then like all these like there, there's like a list of directors and like all the directors said, "How about James Gunn? Maybe him. He might be good. He's not going to be as good as James Gunn, but he might be okay." <laughs> And especially the last one was was from James Gunn's brother. Yes. He yeah. said, I don't think he has the maturity of a James Gunn. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. That was great. Yeah, that was good. But I do wonder who will end up directing. I just wonder how that's going to go. And, like, that's there's some bad blood there. Oh, the dogs are going ancient. Well, I think my brother-in-law's here. Just hang on. Okay. Okay. So it's... it's uh, Eugene Alone time. Um, should I sing you guys a song? Um, no, I got, I got nothing there. Um, I got a shit ton of stuff to review and we haven't started the review. So that would be real awkward if I have to go and do a review and then he listens to it and then he maybe has to try and edit that in somewhere. And I don't, I don't want to be a bother. <sighs> so what should I talk about? What should I talk about? Um, I can talk about my Blu-ray player that, um, the remote doesn't work good for my, uh, for my home theater, uh, and because it's the IR sensor thing is wonky on it, so I have this nice, expensive new Blu-ray player that I'm—it's on eBay for sale now uh, because the IR sensor doesn't work that good. And I'm like, you know what? I can make money off of this Blu-ray uh, player that uh, they don't make it anymore uh, because it. Every time I go downstairs and try to watch a movie, and I'm literally sitting there just as fast as I can pressing buttons on my remote to get it to work. I usually it takes like five or six tries to pause the movie. So if I want to watch, if I want to pause it or whatever, or rewind it or whatever, it's just me basically completely beating the shit out of my remote to get it to work. And I just, Eugene's not going to have that. Eugene is not playing that game. So I had to rip it out of my rack, which that was fun because the theater guys, like they literally, they, uh, Oh, what's the word? Trailer tie, the, the little zip tie things. Like everything is tied so tight that it, you, I can't believe we're even getting a signal out of anything because it's squeezing. It's like squeezing the HDMI cable so tight that I can't believe a signal is able to go through. And so now I got to go in there with, you know, razor blades and try and, you know, delicately without slicing my hands open, like cut these things open to unhook stuff. And oh, it's, it's been magical. Just, just. Words come out of my mouth while I'm doing this that mm, I almost regret later on, but typically not. But anyway, that's my bitch sesh about the uh, the Blu-ray player from hell. What else? 
Um, damn it, he's taking a long time. Um, some of the movies I'm going to try to review here... Uh, well, no, I don't want to spoil that because it's too good. Um, I suppose I could talk about... I, I guess I could get a review done. Why the hell not? Let's do it. Let's do a review of... A movie that I've already watched and reviewed on the show before, so it won't take... Oh, no! You know what? Screw that. If he's not going to come back quick here, uh, no pun intended with this one, uh, Climax of Blue Power. Let's review that, because um, (laughs) it's very rapey and sleazy and slimy, and basically this early 70s um, porn movie where this guy pretends to be a cop, (laughs) and um, he just goes and picks up hookers and uh, makes them do things and then makes them slime around in the mud and the rain outside while he drives off and they're rolling, they, like he makes them roll around in mud at one point. He got a complete scumbag. Um, and then he sees a murder and so he's he's trying to uh, frame the girl and by framing the girl he's trying to you know have sex with her. And so that goes on for a while. In the meantime he's getting back massaged and then he's getting, you know, he's you know, getting reach-arounds and all that good stuff. And then he, you know, confronts this lady. And he's not a cop. He's, you know, he's not. He's just this, you know, really shrivel-dicked, weird, not-cop guy. So anyway, uh, towards the end, then he gets rapey with the girl that that killed her husband, I think. I don't, doesn't matter. And, and he dresses up like a lady for some reason because issues... And um, she somehow calls the cops, I think, after a rapiness. And then he escapes. And then he's in his cop car, which is not a cop car because he just puts on decals or whatever. And then um, I think he... Oh, she shoots him. That's right. She shoots him. So he runs to car, you know. Uh, cops kind of corner him. He's not driving fast because they don't have the money to drive fast. Cops corner him. And then roll credits to the end. And it was... It wasn't bad. Oh, you better not be MCUing without me. No, 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 no. All right, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Picking up kids, picking up kids. Yeah, I understand. But then I had to show him this new, some new hot sauces that I got because. Oh, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I made sure that there was no, never a dull moment. You know me. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of intro stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, well, you were leading us into the MCU. Where, where you been? And where you at? Okay, so finished up with Guardians of the Galaxy and. I mentally prepared myself for what was to come next, which was uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which I've seen exactly one time in the theater with my wife. And we were both like, that was good in the theater. Uh, now, that was... Uh, we were so let down with Iron Man 3, and then we bounced back with Guardians. Um, so we were still kind of... I think at that point I was already starting to... Uh, Wayne a little bit. Uh, okay, let, let's get into Avengers Age of Ultron. It starts out uh, really good with this big battle scene. And I will say, technical aspects of this Blu-ray, there's something wrong with the Disney Blu-ray release of this. Oh, really? The, the audio track. Yes, it's... My wife even noticed it. She's like, what's going on with that audio track? I'm like, and I, I did some research on it. And the mids on that disc, like, Something's off with the mids. Like, it's way bassy, and and the audio is fine. Like, the dialogue is fine, but the music is almost muted. And the action, like, not the bassy action, but just Iron Man flying around or whatever, it's not there. It's, it's 
hard to explain until you really are listening, but I'm like, this is weird, and it doesn't sound like any of the other MCU movies I've watched. They've all been loud and really good. This one here, I mean, I had to really crank this thing up. Uh, anyway, okay, that aside, here's where Tony Stark uh, and... Uh, Bruce Banner build a robot because they need something to protect Earth because things come through portals. And because they stupidly build a robot, the robot becomes uh, sentient and wants to kill Earth, I guess. And then Jarvis becomes something to defend. Uh, it's robot-y. Lots of robots and lots of cities being picked up and Drop down while everybody survives. No, no, you don't survive that. It's okay. I mean, it's it's better than Iron Man three, I suppose. But uh, the, the the Thor and the water thing kind of makes a little bit more sense now because I'm like, all right, at least there's Infinity Stone stuff there. But wise cracking robot. Thoughts. Oh, I'm I'm just that meme of Michael Jackson sitting in the theater eating popcorn and thriller makeup. <laughs> Go on. Uh, and, <laughs> yes, and, and, I, I've, I've, I I I feel pretty confident in saying this is my least of the MCU. Oh, really? Well, it starts off strong, like you said, and you're like, "This is good." I, I that opening scene is cool, but then. Tony Stark becomes more and more an asshole as the movie goes on. Uh-huh. It's not witty, or at least it's trying to be witty, but it's just more like asshole. Yeah. And then things in the second half really fall apart. It mm. starts to be, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene, and it's like, what is going on? I'm kind of yeah. getting, huh? Like I, My brain is ejecting this as fast as you're shoving it in. Um Hulk has a romance with Black Widow for reasons. Right. Yeah, but that paid off in Infinity War a little bit when he it returned. Did. Yeah, yes. which I appreciated that they kind of closed that arc a little bit. Uh, but, man, I just don't like this movie. And mm. save the people. We got to save the people. You, rescue the people. They Somebody else mentioned it on a podcast, and they're absolutely right. It's a little too clean when they do that kind of stuff, and they did it in Infinity War 2. Tony Stark, at one point, towards the beginning, goes, gets in contact with emergency services, police, we assume, and says, okay, you need to clear everything south of 4th and... whatever street. And then there's never... There's not another human in sight. Like, New York just... did. did they're gone. Yeah, they cleared everybody. Oh, it's yeah. a miracle. It's amazing. Yep. There was no chaos. No very efficient. Very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Now the uh, one scene where like before everything goes to hell in this movie, there is a scene where they're all sitting around. There's a party and they're all sitting around, and Captain America tries to lift Thor's hammer, and Thor kind of looks like, oh shit, that yeah, was a genuinely hilarious scene. Yeah, it twitches. Yeah, it's it twitches. Just a little twitch. Uh, that was, ah, that might be one of my favorite part of the movie right there. <laughs> it does it, have what? some genuinely awesome scenes in it. Yeah. And I really like Robert California's role as Ultron. He does a pretty good job of that. <laughs> Can't even think of his actual name now. I'm just going by the office. James Spader? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, I didn't, now she, I've kind of come around to her character, but Scarlet Witch in here was mopey and uh, I, I didn't like her character at all in this movie, but I've in like in the uh, Infinity War, I was she was fine. I, I, like okay, but in this one here, I didn't like her. I, I just didn't. I I haven't 
really loved her in any of them, really. Yeah. But I really like Elizabeth Olsen in general. Yeah, me too. I really appreciated that her brother was Russian, because he's supposed to be. Um, and Quicksilver, they are the children, in case you don't know, they're Magneto's kids. But they can't ever say mutant, because they don't have the no rights. No kidding, I did not know that. Interesting, okay. Now you, they also had shared rights on Quicksilver, so now you know why they off Quicksilver, because... They don't have full rights to him anyway, so hey, okay. here's somebody we can lose. And how do they kill him? In the dumbest fashion possible with bullets. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's getting every single human out of the path of the runaway train, but... Except the kid. I think there was a random kid. Didn't he save a random kid because... They saved everybody in that movie, Eugene. And we'll talk about that later since you're reviewing this one. I'll review a different movie after this, but... Okay. That is relative to this because they came out in a similar time frame. Okay. But... Anyway, I yeah. just, I, it just doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. Anyway. I would say that this was like, it's, it's definitely bottom three for me. I would probably say that, I I mean, it's, uh, Iron Man 3 did not sit well with me. This is probably number two or maybe Hulk would be after, I don't know. They're all, like, there's like these three. I definitely like Thor Part 2 better than this. And that's saying something because that already has just vanished from yeah. From my existence. It's gone. <laughs> yep. So. Next. Uh, next up would be, and this is such a great uh, rebound after just this bombastic uh, Age of Ultron, and that is Ant-Man from 2015. Huh. Uh, that was, I, I liked this way more the second time than I did the first time when I saw it in the theater. I've only watched this one once as well, but this was perfect for after what what Age of Ultron was. And this is a way smaller scale, no pun intended, because it's Ant, haha. <laughs> um, but the special effects are good. The the dialogue's zippy and fun, and it, nothing is, like, the whole world is not at stake in this movie. And same with the sequel. The, things are not, like, it's more of a self-contained movie, and I really like that. While they still do tie in, like, even in this one here, they make reference to Stark, they make reference to the Avengers. Like, they actually talked about, you know, oh, they lifted up a city... Uh, they actually made reference to the, the the whole city scene in the end of Age of Ultron in this movie, and I w- wish someone would have said, "How lame was that?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good. I liked it. I, I I really liked it. I think that Ant Man and Wasp is a little bit better, but uh, this was good, man. I really dug this movie. This would be in the upper tier for me. Oh, you don't have to sell me on it. I I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Just the I don't. It was one of those movies that kind of made me feel magic in cinema again. You know, every once in a while you get one of those where we're jaded because we've seen so many special effects and whatnot. But in that movie, there were a couple of times where I'm like, how the hell did they do that? I know it's computer graphics and stuff. Yeah. But some of the scale things with the Thomas the Train Engine and mm-hmm. just little things were little things <laughs> uh, where, <laughs> where it was like, holy crap, that was amazing. Yeah, and I really liked that. I, I thought that Michael Douglas, young Michael Douglas, worked pretty good. Yeah. Like, he looked like a young Michael Douglas. Evangelina Lilly was good in it. They all, like, everything just worked really good in this movie. And I'm... Actually, from here on out, I don't think there's any any outright duds left. They're all... Spider-Man, I'm interested to see how a rewatch of that goes, because that was the one where, like, yeah, it was good... But that we'll, went up for me on rewatch. Okay. I was kind of meh on it the first round. Second round, I was like, yeah, I dug that. I'm on board now. Yeah. But your thoughts on Ant-Man? You did? Yes, I, really I've only seen it 
uh, once or twice, and I'm going to watch it again as soon as I can, but I think part two is the only one on Netflix, but I want to I want to rewatch that one, even though we just watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And we did decide, because I uh, was talking to Joni today about, like, how we're going through this timeline, and she's like, we're going to get done with these, like, way before the new Avengers comes out. What are we going to do? And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to rewatch Age of Ultron, or um, Age of Ultron. I'm not going to rewatch that. Um, <laughs> the uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War. And she's like, well, how about, what if we just wait and, like, watch it, like, the day or two before we go see yeah. Endgame? And I'm like, oh, ho, ho, ho. now you're speaking Eugene language. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. I'm so. so curious how they're going to deal with people coming back in that. Because Me the, too. And Endgame trailer has been dropping. And yeah, your thoughts. By the way, real quick, your thoughts on the Super Bowl thirty second clip. Uh, there were a couple of frame. I mean, it's mostly just frames that you're yeah. dealing with. But there were a couple of frames where you could tell people were digitally removed just because of the spacing. So they're hiding people coming back. And st- I mean, we've got a another Spider Man trailer. Yeah. I, He's coming back. Black Panther's just made a billion and a half dollars or some crap. Yeah, he's, he's not coming going back. away. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. That I also heard is... some crazy theory that uh, Spider-Man... How was it? That Spider-Man Far From Home is a sequel... I heard it picks up moments... I, I think this might... This could even be just fan talk, but... I heard Far From Home picks up moments after Endgame, mm. but also takes place before Infinity War. Wait, what? Yeah, that was my reaction. W- what? That makes no sense. No. And they're not going to do any like Spider-Verse stuff to where... Like... I hope not. That would be really stupid. Okay. Hmm, that's... That doesn't make sense, but whatever. No, okay. no, it doesn't. But hey, I read a thing on the internet. Do you want to hear about yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. Isn't that basically uh, what podcasts are? Yeah. Uh, okay. My movie relative to this. Uh, uh, Ultron came out. I think we've probably talked about this on the show before, but it's been years. I, you just watched it, so we'll refresh it. I just watched Man of Steel again for the umpteenth time. And Ultron was basically a response to Man of Steel. Man of Steel came out, was was Warner Brothers rebooting their DC universe, starting off with this dark, edgy Superman, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of, it was met with, I would say, mixed results, mixed reviews from critics and fans. Some people love it, some people hate it. And everybody commented about the fact that how many people must have died in the end of Man of Steel. Giant battle in Metropolis, gods fighting each other. And they asked Zack Snyder flat out, and he said, oh, five to 10,000 people? Probably just gone. <laughs> and, and it was like, yeah, I mean, they're knocking buildings down for crying out loud. Yeah, a lot of people died. But, and some people were very uncomfortable with that in their comic book movie. And then Ultron came out, and it was, save the people, save the people. We gotta rescue the people, the villagers, the townspeople. They say it about 15 times in that movie. It gets really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it and does. I get it. I get it that you know you're superheroes and you're trying to save people. That's the bottom goal. I, I, that, that's great. But when Superman finally reveals himself to the world for the first time in this day and age, and uh, Zod comes and two gods are battling each other, that's what it's gonna be like. That's what it would be like. Lots of people would die. We are the ants. They are the gods. We're gonna get killed. We're gonna be in the crossfire. And I know people say it's so extreme. It's not really. You, the, most of the people died from the spaceship crashing in there. 
The other half of the people died from the world engine machine at the end of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like Zod was just snapping necks left and right, you know, doing it by hand. It was, they were all ants to him. And that makes total sense to me. I wasn't, I mean, I was kind of surprised by the amount of people that they killed that movie, but only because the movie had the balls to do that. Yeah. I, I like that. Like, I, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I know what you're saying. Like, it was a bit more, you know, kind of, I guess, realistic. Like you said, that would, that shit would happen if this would be real. That would, that would happen. Well, I watched it, I finished it up a few days ago, and let me tell you, this movie holds up for me like crazy. And I'm one of the, I'm one of the lovers of this movie. So, take everything I say with a bit of a grain. It doesn't bother me that Superman is a little dark, or Superman's a little mopey, or, you know, that he's just learning how to fly. That doesn't bother me. He's figuring stuff out. It doesn't bother me that he kills Zod. You know why? He's always killed Zod in the comics and the other movies. Everybody's biggest complaint seems to be that Superman isn't bright and cheery and full of hope. Well, guess what? It's not the 1930s anymore, and it's not yeah. the 1970s anymore. It is 20 effing whatever year that movie came out. Um, and it is not that kind of world. This is too bad. The score for this movie absolutely holds up. All the, the third act where all the people are dying and everything, it gives the movie weight. Like, you really feel... There is danger and stakes at play here. And he's really trying to, when he's throwing Zod through a building, he's trying to save millions of people. He's not trying to save Bob, who happens to be in the building. Yeah. You know? And that he doesn't know how to fight this super-powered human being. And he's eventually he just puts him down. Which made way more sense than a cellophane S or whatever crap he did in Superman 2. So do you think that, was this a Joss Whedon decision with Age of Ultron, or was this a studio head decision, like, let's do this? For- uh, probably more Joss Whedon, because he is involved in comic books, uh, has been in the past, so I would guess it was more Joss. Okay. Uh, but it was a definite, I mean, the fans were all talking online, and everybody's complaints about Man of Steel... And then Ultron comes out, and it's like, see, that's how it should be. And I'm like, no, I don't feel anything for anybody in that movie, especially in the third act. They're raising a city, and I'm like, they're not going to kill everybody. They're not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. There were some people that died, because that creates part of our dilemma in Civil War. But it's not, I mean, it's certainly not like Man of Steel, where it's just like, (laughs) you might be dead. Yeah. It could really happen. And then, of course, starting off BVS the way they do, giving you a, a grounds perspective of that Man of Steel stuff. And I'm, I want to be clear, I'm not saying any of these movies are perfect. I'm not giving them 10s or anything. But I I don't know. I just get bent out of shape when people just get shitty with Man of Steel. Eh, the suit colors are muted. Why aren't they brighter? It's like, shut up. Yeah, agreed. Why isn't he wearing... Why doesn't he have the underwear on the outside? It, look, it doesn't work. It's... Give me a break. Yeah. Nope, you're preaching to the choir here. I loved that movie. That's... When it's all said and done, it, I, I, wanna, I think I'm going to make my own little list of best to worst uh, DC and maybe DC and Marvel combined. Just like, here they are. Here's all the movies that I just watched in the last couple months. And here's the final listing. Here's where they all fall. Oh, I'm there for it with my popcorn. Let's do it. <laughs> I can't wait, though, for you to revisit Man of Steel, because I'm I know you haven't watched it nearly as many times as I have. I've watched it a ton of times. Well, my it wife works loves your that movie. sound system, and that score is so good, and oh, it's just, I love it. Yeah. 
Can't wait to rewatch that one. I'm, I'm still, I'm like, I'm not tired of these. Even after sifting, it took me three viewings to get through Age of Ultron because I fell asleep two times, and then the third time I'm like, come on, Eugene, you can, come on, you can pull this out for a win. You gotta do this, and I, I made it through. I made it through, and then fast forwarded through ten minutes of credits, which I think there was just a zinger in the middle. I don't, I have no idea what it even was anymore. I don't remember. It was yeah, something. Uh, well, it was. Hulk going to space, was that in the main movie? Or was that our stinger? Because Hulk takes off at the end of that movie. I don't remember. (laughs) He's in one of the jump jets or whatever they're called. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he just, he vamooses. And he doesn't come back to Earth until the next Avengers movie. So he's gone for a whole cycle. Yeah. Which, obviously, he plays a big part of Thor Ragnarok, which is awesome. Yep. That's where he goes for that whole cycle. He's just on more planet fighting people or whatever. <laughs> Excellent. I need to watch that one again. Okay, while we're out, we've spent a lot of time on that. While we're on it, uh, Reign of Superman from 2019. This was the follow-up to Death of Superman. Mm, when several new people present themselves as possible successors. This is, uh... What is that book called? Hold on. I got it right here. The Return of Superman. And I always liked that book. I was at the right age when all that stuff happened in the comics. I know everybody in the comics world likes to shit all over that storyline. But I was at the right age when that shit happened. So it was really effective for me. I was like, holy shit, they killed Superman. By the way, when they did kill Superman, when he fought Doomsday in the death of Superman, yeah, destroyed half the city. Mm. Like thousands and thousands. I mean, it killed tons of people and everybody was freaked out by it. Because that happens when you have death. Uh, but, uh, this reign of Superman, I, I, they've done the death and life of Superman or whatever that other animated movie was. So they've tried to adapt this a couple of times. This one gets much closer to the mark, but it still had a couple of things in it or was missing a few things from the book that I really desperately wanted to see and felt that were kind of important. And so, you know, but it's, it is what it is. It's an hour and a half animated film and, I desperately want my my real true adaption like they did with Dark Knight Returns where maybe it's a couple of movies but you get everything. Yeah. And I that's more what I want. Like you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here we go. Is there anything else that I should quick cover in climax of Blue Power? I didn't delve into the actual sex scenes themselves because I figured that if you're into that type of thing then you should probably buy Vinegar Syndrome's Blu-ray uh, it is the production values are not as good as Taboo 1 and 2 um, but it's got a more of a sleazy feel well no it uh, they're all so damn sleazy um, will it stay in my collection though that's the question and uh, the answer is yes a climax of blue power will stay in Eugene's collection Forever. Until Eric inherits it. There. That's the end of that review. Um, hmm. Oh, what else? Uh, I guess I'll sing for a little bit. I'm just waiting on Eric. Get your fucking ass in here. There he is. Thank Christ. Ugh, finally. Oh, I'm so curious what you're in here blabbing about. Oh, it's just stinky verbal diarrhea. <laughs> Oh, just, he's exhausted. I don't know what happened to him at school today, but 
It's like, what? Corbin changed the TV program. You know. Uh, one of the, I got you. I go to bed. Just go, just shut up and go to bed. Like, I, I didn't tell him to shut up, but yeah. I just, I don't want to hear it. Go to bed. Yeah. I don't want to take a nap. <laughs> okay. Reign of the Superman. Uh, where was I? Uh, directed by Sam Liu, who did all the Dark Knight and did all those awesome animated movies that I love so much, I believe. Let's see which ones did he do for sure. Anyway, this is a, about as close as you're probably going to get to an adaptation of that book because it's so big and so involved. But I still want a little bit more. I want my cake and my icing and I want to eat it too, you know? Uh, but I'm probably alone in wanting a uh, three hour movie of that. I'd, I'd watch that. Ooh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, he's directed a ton of these things. Woo. Anyway, I enjoyed the movie, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. We're getting closer. It was certainly a lot closer than the last one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Do you you got the Blu-ray of it or the digital? You got digital. Digital, okay. yeah. Well, maybe okay. that might be a roulette someday, if it's worthy of a roulette. Well, you'd have to watch the first one first. That's part two. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay, over to you. Okay. Okay, so are we... We're in full-on review time now? Yep. Okay. So let's start with... um, We're going to start on a high note, and then I've got two bigger... Well, one somewhat high-profile movie, and then a big big profile movie that I want to get off the list here. So no schlock thus far. Uh, First up is Suspiria. This is the uh, 2018 reimagining, remake, whatever, from Luca... Uh, I, we, we're, we're movie people. We should be able to pronounce these names better, but I don't want to butcher this guy's name. Uh, Guadagnino? Well, that yeah. was not a good attempt. No, uh, Guadagnino. Uh, Luca. I'll look, I'll look yeah. it up. Hold on. Luca G directed Suspiria, and um, I loved this movie. This is probably sitting at number five. It's definitely in my top five at this point of the year. I went into this movie fully expecting to not like it at all, thinking there's like there's not going to be any horror. This is probably one of those art housey type movies where we'll not do any horror at all because that's defying expectations. No, this is a horror movie. It's two and a half hours long. This was going to be Strike Two, but I was fully invested in this movie. Now I I watched it over two nights, uh, which really really helped. And other than one subplot with and I, I get why he put this in there with uh, things going on in Germany in the 70s when, when this movie is set. Uh, this movie is actually, it's set when the first movie uh, was made, basically. But there's some terrorist stuff going on, and we hear about this terrorist stuff a lot. This is no, not spoilery, we, but we hear about this stuff throughout the movie. And I, I really thought, I mean, I really thought about this movie for days after I saw it, and... I was like, why was there so much of that stuff going on in the background? And I have my own theories about it. Uh, I don't want to say too much because I want you to watch it and come back with your theories. But it did not. It didn't bother me. It that that may have been the one area where they probably could have cut that stuff out and been okay. Uh, but it doesn't account for a whole lot of the movie. But I get why they put it in anyway. I I love this movie, Luca. Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Okay. Are you okay? 
Guadagnino. Guadagnino. All right. Luca G. Guadagnino. Um, <laughs> uh, it, uh, this is one of those remakes that uh, I'm going to use the god-awful, shit-tastic Silent Night as an example of how not to do a remake reboot. Uh, that is piggybacking off of a great, like, a cheesy, great 80s slasher movie. In name only. That In name only. This Suspiria, on the other hand, is... Uh, he has taken this movie, and he's taken Dario, Dario Argento's original, and made this his own, while there... Like, everything is there from the original, essentially. Like, the framework is there. This is a, a coven of witches in this, like, a, a dance academy. And there's, you know... Things don't quite... Like, things are kind of weirdly not connecting, but are, like a Dario Argento movie... And instead of making it all like this really wonky, bright, crazy colored scheme, everything is muted. But I was fine with that because the story was so good and it's still like it's still honored, I think honored Dario Argento's original while making it its complete own beast. And it does it it is so leisurely paced, yet slowly amping up the weirdness and the horror and the creepiness to this great ending of the movie which is so good and there's even a zinger in the end after the credits that at first doesn't make a whole lot of sense but then I'm like ah let's do some research on that and then I'm like ah I got what that was all about this is fantastic but this is you have to really pay attention to get what's going on if you are playing on your phone check out might as well just not even watch it because you got to pay attention to fully grasp what's going on there's a lot of unspoken things Uh, Tilda Swinton is just lovely. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. And <laughs> well, now wait—you had a whole movie of Tilda Swinton's that you didn't like. Hmm, I did, didn't I? Uh, she's rebounded. She's—I hmm, like her. She's very witchy. Um, <laughs> lots of dancing and lots of crazy, weird witchy stuff. I like witchy stuff. I mean, I like like when this movie was done. I'm like, I, I'm, I kind of have an obsession for witchy shit. <laughs> Anyway, four and a half out of five stars. I adored this movie. Okay. Cool. Uh, Well, uh, before we move on, now, in the way that I watch comic book movies over and over and over, and you watch horror movies over and over and over, I haven't watched the original Suspiria in a while. Hmm. Should I watch that first, or should I just do this and... Um, you, you could... You know what? Yes, um, there's a lot of... I'm trying to be not spoilery. There's a lot of talk about the three mothers. And the three mothers are kind of the the witch hierarchy. But yeah. you've got to really, really, really pay attention to that dialogue. There's a there's a psychiatrist that is like... There's there's very few men in this movie, by the way. But there's a psychiatrist guy that he's, he's an old survivor of World War II. And he's trying to figure out what's going on at this dance academy because someone at the beginning someone escapes from the academy and I'm trying to be spoiler free as I I can but there's a lot of talk of hierarchy and there's this actually one more thing about this movie and then I I don't even have to like I'll back pass it back to you but the lead girl in the movie that shows up at the dance academy uh, Dakota Johnson she's Susie Banyan she's from Ohio in the movie they reference Ohio and rural conservative Ohio. And we get little tiny, tiny, tiny snippets of her life in rural Ohio. And that stuff, I've read reviews where like, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, actually, yes, it does. When 
it's be- it's one of my favorite parts of the movie because I come from rural Ohio and I'm a witch. So, yeah. <laughs> well, naturally, and you yeah. love to dance. Yes, I can't I get love, you to stop I dancing. Love to dance in little pink. Well, anyway, um, so <laughs> lots of pelvic thrusting. Oh, tons, tons. Uh, but I, it ties in so good the stuff from Ohio. I don't get why people were not getting the connection there. I'm like, well, that if you paid attention, that's why. Uh, but there's there's like one, th- two. There's two major horror set pieces in the movie. And the first one comes a little bit earlier in the movie, and it is brutally beautiful. I, uh, I, I, I love the original Suspiria, but gun to my head, don't know if I could tell you much of the plot. Like the the second half of that movie, again, yeah, it looks really pretty. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Something about this, witches. This one here, um, it's still hard to follow, but it's there is more of a definitive story arc. You know, like you kind of, it's I not might as, just dive into the remake. I, I've seen the original a few times. I think yeah. I might own it. I but, loved it. But if you don't, I mean, if you don't prepare yourself for a very, very, very long movie, you're and stuff not easily spoon fed to you. You're probably not going to like it. Sorry, Steve. I know that. I mean, I, I know that Steve is very good. Our buddy, Steve didn't much care for the movie and he likes some difficult movies. So I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, Steve. I totally understand why someone would not like this movie. I do. I get it. But for me, it it fired on all cylinders. It was great. Well, I kind of expect that going into this kind of movie. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Suspiria, back to you. Uh, you want to do a quickie and then be done? Because well, I got a double to go. I love those quickies. Yes, you um, do. I know. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's review First Man. This was the other... This was the higher profile one that I watched and... Now here's a two and a half hour movie that I was like, let's go. It's long, but uh, it's long, but it doesn't feel long. Like it feels truncated, but it's still too long. Uh, this is, uh, this is about Neil Armstrong and, um, this is a very frustrating movie for me. There's some really, really good stuff in here. And then there's some really, really, really not good to me. It's extremely well made. Uh, I, I, looks like it was shot on film, which is gorgeous, but it focuses obviously on Neil Armstrong played by Ryan Gosling, which he's really, really good in it. But every single character in this movie is cold, I, I guess. Like it's, I, I, it was hard for me to like any single person in this movie, including especially Ryan Gosling. And I'm assuming that that's how Neil Armstrong really was in real life. Uh, just not standoffish, but just not really approachable or likable. And, that goes for everybody in the movie. I'm like, I'm not really feeling a connection to anybody in this movie. And the years go on and then more bad shit happens. And I, this is based on real stuff. And, uh, let's go. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, let's speed things up at the, but we're, you're glossing over things. The moonwalk in the end was fine. Um, but I, I see why this movie did not do well and that it essentially got snubbed at the Oscars. I'm like, it, it, I hate to use the term Oscar bait, but it just felt like it was made for that and it didn't work. Uh, it's worthy. It's, it's worth, it's worth one watch for sure, but I, I cannot imagine I'm ever going to rewatch that one. It starts out strong and then, uh, it just, uh, something about it did not click for me. 
Well, I'm going to give it a watch because it's sci- well, space stuff. Science it falls into science fiction, but it's science fact, I guess. Yeah, I really want to hear your opinion on both of those movies. They're 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 long. I mean, you're committing almost six hours of your time to two movies. Uh, well, it's been hard for me to get onto that lately because Netflix added a bunch of you know fishing shows and dumb shit <laughs> that I like to watch. So <laughs> I've been watching all that kind of stuff. But I will get around to it. They both are high on my list to go check out as soon as possible. Good. Okay. Last round for me and we'll be done. Den of Thieves. Ooh. There's thieves and they're in a den. A gritty crime saga which follows the lives of an elite unit of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and the state's most successful bank robbery crew as the outlaws plan a seemingly impossible heist of the Federal Reserve Bank. Should go see what else this guy has made. Starring Gerard Butler, Par- Pablo Schreiber, who is awesome. I don't. It's one of those faces where it's like I've seen this guy and stuff. I don't mm. know what, but I like him every time I see him. O'Shea Jackson Jr. You know who that oh, is? Oh yes, yes. Fifty Cent. Uh, a whole 50 bunch cents of, in that, huh? All right. Yeah, a whole bunch of names and faces that you're. You'd be like, I recognize that guy. I recognize that guy. Uh, this movie was awesome. And even at two hours and 20 minutes, I was like, bring it on. I was never bored. Man, Gerard Butler is just a piece of work in this movie. I think in the vein of, well, lots of veins uh, of uh, uh, Russell Crowe, the older he gets, he just is getting huger. I don't know how, but there are a couple of times where he's just because it's L.A. or whatever. He's in a tank top and it's just like, dude, you're you're massive in in that kind of way where it's like, holy crap. But he is just ah, the best way to describe this movie. This is if if heat didn't accidentally develop a drug problem. It's like if it, if heat sat down and said, you know what? I'm going to start smoking meth. That's oh. what I'm going to do. I mean, it is just it's. It's hard to say gritty because heat is gritty. It's gritty in a different way. Like, it's just, it's got dirt on it. And everything just kind of, not everything works out, you know, on either side. And you're not exactly rooting for the cops to get the bad guys in this. In a good heist movie, you usually are rooting for the bad guys. Yeah. Here, it's kind of 50-50. You don't really want anybody to win too much, (laughs) but you certainly don't want some people to win. And when all is said and done, it... I couldn't believe they made it end the way in a way that I was very happy because there were good guys that I wanted to lose and there were bad guys that I wanted to lose. And this movie also does not shy away from killing people. There is a shootout in the third act that's in a traffic jam with the cops at the back and the crooks at the front. And they just everybody pulls out machine guns and here we go. And wow, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Definite Blu-ray as soon as I come across it. Excellent. Is, um, what was the movie? Oh, I think we talked about, uh, nine, something nine. Um, yeah, uh, triple nine, triple nine. Does it, it cause it kind of looks a bit like that. Is that, I haven't watched that one yet. It, oh, you have? Oh, that's a good movie. I, that's really been coming movie. soon forever. It's on my Blu-ray shelf. I just haven't got around to it. Uh, this director also made, oh, was a writer on Den of Thieves and man, of, hold on. Let's go to this director here. He directed Den of Thieves and a movie called Thug, and Den of Thieves 2 has been announced, but he was the writer on A Man Apart, which is very underrated, and London Has Fallen. <laughs> oh, that was an awesome movie. That was, yeah. uh, oh yeah, if, that was big thumbs if up. If you like those movies, you'll, it's, it's like the Fallen movies, except it's a heist movie. 
It didn't do so hot in the theaters, if I remember correctly. But I guess it... I don't think so, but I think it came out at a bad time when there was some other big stuff going on. Mm. Uh, anyway, Den of Thieves, check it out. Highly recommend. Next up, The Equalizer 2. I really like the first Equalizer movie On a, once I watched it a second time. It's like, yes, okay, now I'm into this. Um, here he serves, uh, Robert McCall serves an unflinching justice for the exploited and oppressed, but how far will he go when that is someone he loves? Directed by Anton Fuqua. Uh, yeah, in this one, I mean, before, in the first movie, he was just helping friends in uh, this small town, you know, and nobody really knew who he was. Here, they take out one of his oldest friends, and it's made to look like an accident, but it's not an accident, kind of, or just a mishap of, oh, it was just a mugging kind of thing. And this movie was awesome. Another one that I totally wow, recommend. If, nice. if you like, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. I, I think this one might, I might have even enjoyed more because there was more emotional ties to the revenge he was going to get. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a certain part halfway through where he goes to a guy's house that he knows is involved in this killing. And at the end of the scene, he's standing in the street with a circle of mercenaries who can't do anything because the guy's wife and kids are behind him. And he just looks at him and he goes, okay, this is what's going to happen. Y'all make decisions in your life. And I know you they were all military people, but y'all made the wrong decision. And what you do now is wrong. So I'm going to kill every single one of you. <laughs> and they're all, I mean, they're just all standing in the street in a circle, like him and eight dudes or something. And then he turns around and goes to the guy's wife Hey, do you mind giving me a, a ride to the to the train station? You're just going that way? Yeah, cool. Oh, I'll help you with the kids. No problem. Helps put the kids in the car and gets in the car with the dude's wife and kids. And down the street he goes. And the whole time he's smiling and waving that Denzel smile. And I was just like, this This movie rules so hard. And then at the end, the the third act is, is uh, the climax of the movie is basically, I mean, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a confrontation. Yeah. A gunfight, blah, 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 blah. It's in. It's happening in a town where they evacuated the town because of a hurricane. So it's happening in a hurricane. Why is that so, something special to me? Because I've never seen that. I, I mean, I've seen some heist movies in the rain, and we've seen hurricane heist, but those are garbage. Yeah. But, I mean, an actual revenge-killing shootout thing in a hurricane was a really interesting idea. And, he, once again, he finds these fascinating ways to... Off people. Did you know that flour is explosive? No. I'm assuming it is in that. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. If it makes up a certain amount of particulate in the air, it becomes explosive. Which is... I, I was like, there's no way this is accurate. And the internet proved me wrong. So, <laughs> what do I know? Mm-hmm. Flour, explosive. Awesome scene. I was just... Oh, it was Awesome. Uh, so thumbs up on that movie as well. Those are both Blu-rays for me next time I find them. Excellent. Well, and because of your reviews, I've, I'm sure that I'll eventually get them as well, or even digital copies uh, yeah. online. Because uh, de- those are two that I definitely want to see. I just haven't got around. I mean, seriously, like, the MCU is taking up so much of, of my evening evenings, and then I still have to try and squeeze in sleaze. So I'm really pushing <laughs> that, like, ramming that sleaze in, and it's it's hard. It's it's hard unless you use the proper lubrication. Yes. Yes, that is so true. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming soon. Crap, I'm um, up first. We got reversed on our... You get to do coming soon first. Go ahead. Oh, um, well, I hinted at the Emerald Forest, and I did finish that this morning, but didn't have a chance to review it on the show, so I will try to get to that next week. Um, Incarnate. That's another one with Aaron Eckhart that I had hinted at last week. Going to get to that. Ex- uh, Exeter. I did watch that one. Um, I'll get to that movie next time. That motherfucker. Uh, oh, Reflecting this. Skin. Um... Uh, <laughs> That's another one that I'll get to. Yeah, just just hang on to your shorts for next week. Oh, I'm bringing the hate. Oh, next it's time week. for another uh, speed round next yes. week. Yes, uh, the hate is on its way. I mean, it, that train is always on time on Movie Freaks. <laughs> uh, Warlock, the Armageddon for me. I got that on VHS because I got the first one on VHS, so I couldn't pass that one up. They had a whole bunch of other VHSs I wanted, but collector prices. No, thank you. Maybe I'll try and bump up Triple Nine. I've been teasing that one forever, but my wife and I finished the Hobbit series. I'll review that at some point. And we're now doing Lord of the Rings again every evening, which is fine. That's good stuff. And I want to do BVS again. Since you're going through the MCU, I'll go through the DC, and we'll meet somewhere on the other end and high-five and dance and frolic. Excellent. I love that. I like dancing and frolicking and bringing hate. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to add for this episode? Ah, that should do it. All right. I guess I'll see you next week, sir. Yeah. All right. Until then. <laughs> Bye. I wish there would have been something better for the ending, but I've got nothing. Did you end it already? No, I didn't. I'm still going. <laughs> well, okay. What do you want to do? Well, let's just um, sit here until something's funny. Uh, let's see. I'm, it's about time for my eye drops again. That's that's fun. eye drops. I... No one has died outside or plummeted off the, their two little two-wheel go-karts. Um, I looked like I take giant bong rips every five minutes because my eyes are so red. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I work tomorrow. It's the first day of, I'm going to be back to work tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show up and be like, hi. And they're going to be like, wow, yeah, here's a, here's a pee cup. <laughs> <laughs> or stay away from me. Please don't barf blood all over my face. Yep. That's the other <laughs> look I got going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing. I all, The only thing I got is, is pee that has to exit my body. That's the only thing I got. <laughs> now he's in a hurry to finish. Yes. Yep, uh, now I'm done. As, al- as always. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. See ya. <laughs> Bye. N- now I did stop. Well, now. Right now. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.